Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. I just wanted to let you know that I appreciate you, and I appreciate your support, and I'm glad to be able to have you as a part of my life through this podcast. And now if you can just do me a solid and give the show a five-star rating on whatever platform you're tuning in on, that would be really neat. So last week we did a little throwback episode to why Thanksgiving is just kind of a really weird time. Prior to that, we looked at talking on the phone and what makes that quite uncomfortable for the left of normal person. Today we're going to dip back into some of these scripts that we run, the quirks we develop, and a handful of things that revolve around the way that society tells us we should act, and thus we have formed our behavior and lives accordingly. So heading back into these quirks of the left of normal, here's a few things that just kind of make us weird. And one of them is kind of the theme that I've been on for this week, if you follow, if you follow along on the Facebook page. So it has been on smiling. So we'll go ahead and just use that as our first topic of discussion. And we're going to jump into this and re- lump in like reacting to things as well along the lines of hearing a joke or seeing something funny that would elicit a reaction that's more than a smile. I guess, you know, generally this is just called laughter or laughing. Yeah, anyway, uh, in the hallway at my dad's house, he had a bunch of family pictures uh, throughout the years hanging up. Just typical stuff, really, baby pictures, maybe a couple of random ones of people that died way before I was born, and they were like my great-grandparents or something like that. So anyway, the point is, uh, in many of those pictures was me and my brothers, and especially when I was younger, you can see that I'm really trying to suppress a smile. And so when I think back to those earlier days, maybe age five, kind of when memories start forming on up to 10-ish or so, I remember that often when I thought something was funny or I'd see a neat animal or find a cool rock, I would smile, but then I'd like pull the edges of my mouth down because I didn't want the world to know that I found something amusing. So I'd just try to hide it. But unlike many of the other quirks that I've noticed myself doing, I didn't I don't recognize a social blunder that made me want to not smile bigly. Other things that I do, I can pinpoint at least one occasion where I acted like myself and I received a significant amount of negative feedback from my peers. Smiling, however, was I just always had the natural aversion to it. I always felt that I was doing it wrong somehow. So keep in mind, if you see me now, if you know me now, I don't really repress those smiles anymore. I just let them fly because after 40-ish years of analysis, I realized nobody really cares if you're smiling. Except for like when you see something terrible and you smile about it because you're thinking about that really cool rock you found the other day. And then, then they think you're just weird. 
But there are often times in my life where I'll hold back on a laugh just in case I'm not doing it right. I have to analyze the room and make sure that everyone else thought whatever said or happened was funny too. And then I have to gauge my laughter to the appropriate amount. I don't want to be the guy that laughs a little too loudly or too longly at a joke. Now this one I can actually pinpoint a time when I realized that I wasn't doing it right. It was in high school and some of us were watching uh, the Adam Sandler movie, The Water Boy. And there's a joke in there. Two guys are sitting on the stands, and one of them says, Wow, Water Boy's killing it. Best tackler since Joe Montana. And the other guy looks at him and he says, Joe Montana was a quarterback, you idiot. And the first guy says, well, I said Joe Montana. I thought it was kind of funny. I laughed a little too loudly, apparently, at that joke. And my friend Mark looks at me and says, You found that one pretty funny, huh, Scott? Which was very embarrassing and a very mean thing for him to say to me. And But it, after that, I made sure that if I was going to do an inappropriate amount of laughing, that I had to err on the side of not laughing enough instead of laughing too much. So I'll finish up this little section here. A story from my sophomore year of college. It was one evening, we were in the college group from church, uh, probably six or seven or eight of us sitting around, and Dave Hall was our teacher or our leader or director, whatever you want to call it. And Dave makes the mention of how he was brightening people's lives, brightening their days, by just giving a nice little smile when he walked past them. He explained how most people light up just a little bit, and science actually does show we tend to get a little happier when we see somebody smile at us. So I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll give it a shot. I'll break out of my comfort zone and see what happens. So the next day I was walking from my car to my first class at school and I passed a handful of people. And you know, I looked at them and I smiled. It took a ton of effort because it's not a pleasant experience for me as it involved not only smiling at strangers, but also having to look them in the eye. But it's for the greater good, right? I'm brightening the world or something like that. Let's just say that there were a couple dozen people that were terrified that morning. Actually, I'm quite surprised that none of them called the cops on me. And after a little bit, there was a noticeable parting of people. Instead of walking right past me, they would veer way off so as not to become the victim of my smile attempt. Anymore, I just stare at the ground and I don't bother looking at people, let alone trying to smile at them. The world's much safer this way. So let's move on to another big aspect of the left of normal life. For many people, they go into situations and they'll just kind of try to guess at what's going to take place if they don't just wing it. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of normies do that. They, they try to anticipate what's coming up. For the left of normals, however, 
we generally go into situations with the entire interactions all scripted out. I will cycle through potential conversations over and over in my head, making sure that I have the appropriate response ready to go. And then if the person I'm talking to uh, comments or makes one response, now I already know how to react and I can respond to them in the socially acceptable manner that we've been pre-programmed to do. Most people us on the, that are left of normal have not had that pre-programming. We missed that day in our brain programming development, and so we have to script it all out. So this is really in just about every situation possible. Not just the big important things like job interviews or first dates or explaining to the cops why you have duct tape tarps and a shovel in your trunk. It's for all the things like ordering a gordita at Taco Bell or determining the right reaction if I make that sick slap shot at floor hockey and ultimately win the game for us. Now, the worst is actually when I am out and about and I run into somebody that I know because there's no time to prepare a script. Sometimes it'll go okay, they're busy, I'm busy, we just say hi and pass along. Other times they try to suck me into a big long conversation that I'm not ready for. So just to play it safe, I tend to duck quickly into the next aisle over and wait until they're out of sight before continuing on with my time at the store. Now, I don't recognize a particular instance when this all came about because it happened so often we're thrust into things that are into situations that we're not ready for but I know why I need to script these things out and it all relates back to the idea that left of normals don't like surprises we thrive on predictability and the idea that we will know just how to react to whatever happens to come our way. But there are times when, even when we are fully prepared, situations are just never going to be exciting or easy. And one of those situations is the job interview and to a slightly lesser extent, a workplace that is designed around talkative normies. At least in the latter, there are ways to escape without looking too weird. So job interviews are generally very easy to prepare for, actually. Uh, the interviews ask the same dumb questions, and if you've done your research, you know about the company, and you can kind of prepare your way along for what's going to take place over the next incredibly awkward 30 to 60 minutes. For myself, any time past maybe like late high school, I generally left interviews thinking that yeah, that went pretty well. But then I almost would never get a call back. If the interviewer was kind, they might send a letter or an email telling me that they went with another candidate, which I'm guessing was generally not the case because often the 
job opening would remain open for much longer after they turned me down for it. So the problem with the interviews is really that they almost never have anything to do with the actual job you'll be doing. So a little story here about when I interviewed many years ago at the local GE office. They had built this very large operations center here in Billings, and there was an opening for a position that was something along the lines of an analyst type thing. It wasn't highly skilled, so I didn't need special qualifications. I was I had a college degree, I had some experience working in an office, so I was fairly well on track. This was something I could do without any problems. And it was actually kind of right up my alley because it was a lot of working with data, a lot of organizational type stuff, minimal human interaction, and there was room for growth and moving up in the ranks to ultimately get a better job or get paid better over the years. So I applied, and I actually got invited to an interview, which is shocking in and of itself. My success rate there is probably less than 5%. And then I sat through a really awkward hour of three people asking me ridiculous questions. I don't remember much of the questions. This was quite a while ago. But I put on my best performance. I exhausted myself trying to look them in the eye, smile, and not stumble over my words too much. I felt that I had done a good job, and I was told that interviews were going on all that week, so it would be like five days or whatever before anyone actually knew anything of whether I got the position or not. And so I waited, and the week ended, and the next week started, and I waited, and then I waited a little longer, and probably like Thursday or Friday that week, I sent an email to whoever my contact was over there, and... I received a response eventually that basic they said they decided to go with another candidate and thanks for your interest in all that BS. And then the following day the job opening was reposted to their website. So I sent a snarky follow-up email and said you said you filled the position but I just noticed it's reposted. I mean if I'm not good enough you can just tell me I wasn't good enough. But apparently, I was among so many terrible applicants that instead of hiring anyone, they just put out a call for a whole new pool of applicants. It did turn out, however, to be a bit of a blessing. Uh, a couple years later, that branch of GE closed, and it ticked a lot of people off. From what I heard, it was fairly poorly run, and so despite what had been a decent paycheck, it probably wouldn't have been a very good fit anyway. The point of this story is to say that forcing a left-of-normal person to sit in a room as three strangers ask them questions sets us up for failure before we even get into the job. It's not indicative of how good of a job I'll even do or what the job actually entails. So I'm left wondering, why do businesses keep subscribing to this ridiculous idea of how to find candidates. For any of you that are going into a new job, left of normal, normie, or right of normal, after and you're forced to go through the torturous interview process over and over, I later learned that one of the better ways to make a good impression is when they ask you, do you have any questions? 
it does not actually look good to say, no, you, you laid it out quite clearly. Thank you. Instead, you need to have a handful of prepared questions along the lines of, what's the culture like here? And what is the process of moving up in the company? Or are there snacks provided free of charge? Or do you force us to buy them from a vending machine? Questions like that go over better. Today, however, I've settled into a job that fits my left of normal personality. It's minimal human contact, and if I didn't walk my son to school in the mornings, I probably wouldn't even wear pants. And of course, I can sit down and entirely script out a podcast so I know just what to expect and I won't be bumbling my way through this topic. Now for today, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Join the Facebook community. Feel free to ask any questions you have over there. And remember that if you want a great worker, don't set them up for failure before they even get started. Of course, share this with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.